I love you. Ladies, gentlemen, and all non-binary individuals out there, we have finally come to the conclusion. Seven books, seven podcast episodes, eight movies, one spinoff play, two spinoff movies, about 25 different games, a porn movie I'm sure is out there. I'm Here sure. Are. I'm sure the I might Deathly. have peeked at that. <laughs> Maybe one or two of them. Rule 34 did at least. Here we are. We're at the Deathly Hallows, part one and two, because fuck you, Harry Potter. We're not going to do two different episodes for this shit. <laughs> we thought about it. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we were originally going to do it, but then it was like, we watched seven, and then I was just like, bro, I'm sorry, I accidentally just watched eight. <laughs> They they film the movies back to back, you know. They they do feel like one movie. It doesn't really feel like two separate yeah. movies. It's all the same, you know. They got the same cinematographer for both. The music's done by Alexandre Desplat or Desplat. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, he's a famous. He, I know he's on the Wes Anderson movies like Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. He's done music for them. Uh, but he won an Oscar, I think, for the music for uh, Shape of Water. Okay, that was Remember a good one. Guillermo del Toro fish sex movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his music here is good. It fits the finale really well and gives that grave tone that hangs over both of these films because we're at the end. Voldemort's running free. He's He's having murder sprees left and right and... Shit's gotten dark, guys. Yeah, it's gotten dark. He's... I'm the Green Traveler. And I am the Faceless <laughs> Leon. And we're just going to jump right in for just a second. Uh, this is a podcast about movies and TV. And uh, yeah, it, it's definitely one movie. I mean, it's it's part one and part two of, of one movie. But then that Which... does come into question when we finally do the kill bill sequel smash is that a, is that a sequel smash or is it part i one think part it, two? i mean i think we should do it as a sequel smash just because i love that movie enough that i would like yeah. to talk about it nonstop. so yeah, yeah i think definitely. especially here it is definitely a sequel smash because the whole point of a sequel smash is did it need to happen you know that's yeah. i think that's where it all that's comes fair. from is did there need to be a sequel did it boost the story by having it as two parts here, I mean, obviously, once you made the decision to, once whoever did Harry Potter, I can't remember right now if it's Warner Brothers or who, Universal. Yeah, Warner I, I Brothers? It's Universal. Oh, it's Warner Brothers. It's Warner Brothers. Okay. Yeah, I could they are, I think, they must be connected or something because they are in the Universal Park. So I don't know. Right. But it's definitely Warner Brothers. Who fucking knows anymore? All these companies <laughs> doing shit. But, yeah, whenever whoever made the decision to split it in half, to make two di- mm-hmm. two separate movies... First off, you're not fooling anybody. It was clearly just for a fucking money grab. Like, oh, definitely. You took, oh, yeah. They but. took, they took the longest book in the franchise, number five, and they just tore it to fucking shreds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, what can we remove that's not essential? Let's we do don't it. need Let's these three hundred pages. These aren't real yeah, and, story. And then you get to book seven, which I don't know specific pages, but I would say it's probably around seven hundred. And so they do Still 400 for, right, it is. But I mean, number five was like 900. So it was like 200 extra that they shortened down into the second shortest movie. And in here, they're like, we're just going to roughly split this book in half and focus on like half of it here, which is mostly just the Lord of the Rings ripoff because we're just walking through. <laughs> and then yeah. we're going to do part two where there's actually a lot of awesome set design and some crazy fucking action and shit. Yeah, there's some good shit. Uh, but you know what, though? I Okay, so personally, I mean, this is kind of, this is almost closing statements up front. Personally, I, <laughs> I would not watch part one without watching part two. But maybe right. I'd watch part two without part one. But part one, when I finished watching it, I was like, you know what? For what it is, what it, it's supposed to be doing, it's surprisingly well done. Like, it's not right. a bad movie. It's just... No. And, and I think that maybe they should have done something like this with Order of the Phoenix, or at the very least, make it another 45 minutes longer so that things made sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
something at least. <laughs> something. Man, I think I, I feel do... like since we watched that, most of this podcast has been complaining about that movie. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fine. It's wholly deserving of it. Do I do want to mention since I talked a little bit about the sets in the first movie, uh, in part one, that is, a lot of the sets are roughly about the same. It's just kind of some kind of forest right. set. You know, yeah. they're always hopping from place to place. So it's like, as long as we set up a different looking forest scene, they're fine. So I don't know. Um, I, I do want to mention, though, the, the set designer was Stuart Craig. And I believe he was the set designer for all of the Harry Potter films. And so I think it's fitting here in our last film of, or our last uh, episode of the playlist that we recognize Stuart Craig because he did a fucking phenomenal job throughout this whole yeah. franchise. The, the whole Good set, shit. the, the Her- Hogwarts Castle, everything, and like Green God's Bank, Diagon Alley, like everything this man did, uh, if I'm correct in him being on all of the Harry Potter films that is, which I think he, I'm pretty sure he is. But, but the castle is job. like an, an an actual place, though, right? I'm pretty uh, I mean, sure. I have no idea. I'm, uh, at least I was, I was pretty certain that they had an actual, they well, somebody has that castle or some kind of historical <laughs> society, and they filmed at least the outdoor shots at the, at the castle. But maybe, but I mean, even even still, even if you're filming on location, you usually build a set around the, right. the location itself. And right, right, yeah, he did just did an amazing job. Like I think everything that the that is great about this movie franchise is the world. Yeah. Uh, I wish they had done so much more in character development and peering into all these other characters because they have such a huge cast. Like right. you, you have all of the qualities of making a Game of Thrones style TV show out of Harry Potter. Yeah, because though you know, eleven-year-olds having sexy es- exposition scenes—that's probably not good. That's now. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I hate Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> The whole the whole franchise it's nothing but like I don't know I, I love the books but like when I watch the show I just can't get past season two still like I've right. I've gotten to season three probably three or four times now I know the first two seasons so well that I should really just start at season three from now on but everything in that show just devolves into how can we relay information to the audience oh I know let's have them talk while having sex. And that's yeah. like the entirety yeah. of the first two seasons. Is if do we need to get imp- important information across? I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that goes away because it doesn't, but yeah. it does get better. In fact, in the last couple seasons, there's I don't think there's very many sex scenes at all. I know of one incestuous sex scene. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Anyhow, this uh, this not Game of Thrones esque movie series. Uh, maybe I should synopsize the the first movie. I think I can do Go it. it. I might I might fuck up and put some book eight shit in there. We'll see. I mean, part eight. <laughs> there wasn't a book eight. Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Well, I guess I'll start over. Last movie. Last movie, we found out that Voldemort split up his soul into Horcruxes. I made a joke about it being the crux of these films. Not a lie. Uh, it's a joke, but it's true. It's, right i'll move on um, <laughs> i laughed the first time damn it you want me to start laughing <laughs> <laughs> no no it's not worth it um anyhow they're at the dursleys for i don't Yay. know for some reason and, and the dursleys they know that they need to get the hell out of dodge because i guess muggles are dying left and right and once they do almost immediately mad eye moody and the order show up that we never really got explained what they do. And they they show up and they decide that they're going to get Harry to... Is it to Hogwarts? Where the fuck are they going? I don't remember. The borough. To, to the, the borough. Weasley residence. That's right. Okay. That's right. right. And, and, and I do want to say also, I just want to toss in, that the Dursleys leaving is like the most like fuck you ever. Like they... I think Vernon has one line. I think he says yeah. like two words to Dudley. You don't even really see Petunia. She just kind of like dips into a car real fast. It is like five to ten seconds of screen time for characters that we haven't really gotten to see since like the fourth fucking no, not even no. the fourth movie, the third movie really. 
and it's just like oh, man that's true they're such good actors and they're like they're so like there's there's so much to them like in the books there's this beautiful little scene with harry and dudley where they they have a moment of just like slight respect for each other and it's just like look how nice these two have grown after a while you know dudley's no longer afraid of harry he kind of is like more respectful and you know you, you can see that there might be a, a future relationship when they're yeah. uh adults you know a good friendship there and so it's just well, th- this fran- this fran- the film franchise is just like fuck you bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> we well the i'll say Dursleys. i'll say um fuck those three <laughs> i okay so they i will say they're well acted i love the actors portraying them yeah. but yeah fuck those characters fuck them they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow the order shows up and they're gonna take harry it's a secret mission and they all drink polyjuice potion not all half of them drink polyjuice yeah. potion to look like harry to get him there and then all hell breaks yeah. with formal attacks. Yeah, it's it's a diversion tactic with with right. half of the party looking like Harry. They can all fly off in different directions to confuse, just in case somebody found out about the secret mission right. and came out. Right. And you know, it's so funny that they even pretend that there's a possibility that they'll yeah, everything will be fine. We'll just take off from his house and we'll all get back to the burrows. Right. The moment they leave, they're under attack. Instantaneous. <laughs> and you know, one thing that I did want to bring out about that, and, and I'll get back to my synopsis right after we talk about it, is that Hagrid is like, it's only right if you go with me. And he doesn't talk like this at all. Anyhow, <laughs> he gets him in his sidecar and he's going with Hagrid. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, Everybody fucking knows that Harry and Hagrid are like super tight. Right. But I don't the, fucking get why they thought that was the best idea. Be, well, I mean, because if you think about it, Hagrid's not a, a wizard. So he's not the most likely candidate to be protecting the most tr- precious treasure. Ah, I see. It's like it's like reverse psychology almost. Yeah. Yeah. Voldemort doesn't think in relationships. He thinks in power. So when he looked at it, he would assume Mad-Eye Moody or Kingsley Shacklebolt or, you know, it's like one of the more superior wizards. He would assume he would have a guardian. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Back to the synopsis. Uh, they they get back to the, the borough and they are then going to have, what is it, Harry's birthday party? Is that what the party? No, it's a wedding. They have a wedding yeah. for one of the Weasleys, I think. Yeah, Bill, uh, Donald Gleason. And they're, and Harry has been waiting back this whole time to go hunting for the Horcruxes because he has the mark, which is only introduced to the movie series anyways at this point. Underage wizards are not... Uh, that. Anytime they use magic, it's on record. It's like they're like yeah, it, it's almost it like a technically it was technically introduced in the second movie in the second book. They just didn't call it the mark mm. because of the the hover charm spell that's cast by Dobby. And you remember the letter mm. the letter shows up to him and it's like you are not allowed to use magic outside of school, as you well know. You know, not until you are seventeen years old. So it's more of an area thing. Like if magic's done around him because he didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. The, I it, it's it's weird because there's there's because there's like detective magic like that, and then there's obvious the, the mark itself, which is like on your wand or I guess or whatever that knows gotcha, if it's been gotcha. cast. But most kids perform magic uh, before school before they get their wands, just like you know by happenstance, you know, like Harry making the glass disappear in the first right, movie. Right, right, right. So it's like there, there's mostly just detective magics around kids. I would assume. I don't, I don't really know the specifics of it. All right. Well, thank you, Lore Master. <laughs> so they're they're waiting piss, for him to have his birthday. <laughs> they're waiting for him to have his birthday, which, like, I guess this is his 18th birthday. I'm not sure. Whatever. 17th. And 17th birthday, and that's when he is a uh, adult wizard man. Then he, Ron and Hermione, they go after the Horcruxes. Yeah, there's several Horcruxes. I feel like that's really the synopsis of the movie. There, yes. like, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things that happen, but it happens really slowly. There's, there's just the hunt for not yeah. only the Horcruxes, but also to figure out things that Dumbledore left behind because they have right. a, 
They have a meeting with the new Minister of Magic because Cornelius Fudge has fucked everything up and nobody wants him as the minister anymore. No. So we get we get Bill Nye, which uh <laughs> It's so funny because we do this oh, little Discord here? and every time you do the every time you do the TARDIS sound, uh it like cuts out on my end, so I just hear like Oh, I don't hear. I'm glad that you pull up the the screwdriver because I can't. I can't hear the screwdriver. It doesn't pick up the screwdriver. It's, just, it's that weird suppression, man. It's so I can't wait until we can do this just in person. We'll have to figure out how that works. We'll get there. But Bill Nye, lovely Bill Nye, he is the new Minister of Magic, uh, Rufus Scrimgeour, and Scrimgeour. he is also in my all time favorite episode of Doctor Who. I don't remember what it's titled, but it's the Van Gogh episode. It's where the yes. Matt Smith's uh, doctor goes to visit Van Gogh, and Bill Nye in that episode plays a loving expert on Van Gogh, or Van Gogh, as it is supposed to be pronounced. Which I, probably is more accurate, given that yeah, it is. Know, yeah. we're Americans, we're pretty far removed from... Yeah. He, he's known quite far outside of America, though, as Van Gogh. We're not the only country yeah. that calls him that. But he he is in that episode. It's a beautiful episode. If you check out any episode of Her- uh, Doctor Who, you can check out the Van Gogh. It's it's just so beautiful. It's and also I do want to mention uh, while we're safe here in the Doctor Who corner, on the last episode we talked about Helen McCrory who played Narcissa. Yeah. Right after we finished recording that, she sadly passed away. So just wanted to, yeah. to mention that she did a great job, a fantastic actor, and uh, quite a legacy there. Yes, so, yes, indeed, and uh, that's been the bittersweet Doctor Who corner. <laughs> bittersweet Doctor Who corner. Yes, I, I'm glad you mentioned because I did want to say something about it, and I would have forgotten. So thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you for giving us this great role uh, and many, many others, and uh, the world will miss you. Yeah, but I got to the Doctor Who corner from figuring out what. Dumbledore left behind because the new Minister of Magic, Rufus Scrimger, presents a uh, Dumbledore's will to right. Harry, Hermione, and Ronnie the Bear, and they're all given a specific item from Dumbledore that's very obviously riddleist, you know, riddle. Um, right. That there's because nothing can be straightforward with Dumbledore, which is a big <laughs> theme in this movie. But but here it makes sense. Because he knew the ministry, uh, the ministry right. wanted to weaponize anything he w- they were capable of weaponizing, so they figured whatever tools Dumbledore was leaving behind, they wanted it, not Harry. And he knew Harry right. was the one who had to get these tools. So making it a, making this a riddle made sense. A lot of the a lot of the things they talk about and discuss in this and the next movie, though, that it's like, why were you like this? It's just, it's just part of his fucking personality, I guess. Uh, that so, is one of my biggest flaws with the this movie, though, is they, they bring in, and it, it's a flaw with the book, really, not the movie, but they bring in so much of Dumbledore's past. Yeah, it's like, but why not, didn't you explore this? Yes, they don't explore it well enough. Like, they, they keep on bringing it up like it's such a big deal that it's being added in and that Harry doesn't know this. But it just, like, they only do it just enough to get you intrigued and to introduce a character later on in the movie, but they don't further on it. They don't, they don't really actually make Dumbledore any different because of it, which I mean, in the end, Harry still is adamant about trusting Dumbledore, even though he doesn't know anything really about him. So I guess for that reason, that kind of works, but you had two whole fucking movies, so you right. could have done something more with this, for sure. I mean, they could have even just done something more of it throughout the entire yeah. franchise, especially yeah. with her, uh, with J.K., because I feel like she intended to, but after a while, he did just become that mysterious figure who pops in every now and then to, to give some good lore and backstory. Right. But, I mean, she does explore, she explores them really well in the book. In the seventh book, there's a lot that goes into Dumbledore. And it's really good, but like, I don't know, reading back through them, I would be more intrigued if a lot of this was implied long ago. Like, if you would see Dumbledore interacting with other wizards, and you would get hints at his dark backstory. Like, 
just just something to make it i don't know more heavier when you get to it when it's just like oh shit right yeah and like i don't know they're they're, they're they could have done his um they didn't they weren't ever super explicit about these things that he did either like right. they just they kind of just show it a little bit and leave a lot to the audience's interpretation which is fine usually but like they just didn't give enough in my opinion to make it right. feel like it really worked it doesn't feel like it's separate from the movie because like i said i think it's important for harry's character to kind of question this quest he's going on that this this dead man that he hardly that it turns out he hardly knew asked him to go on but i think also the question of why is he this way rather why was he this way is important for this movie because and i don't feel like the movies do a well enough job of expressing this either but dumbledore is a diviner right like he has visions of the future am i correct in saying that i don't believe so okay all right yeah because he he the only time i think the only time he knew something of the future was when the divination teacher professor Trollin, okay. gave him a prophecy like read it okay you know performed the prophecy in front of him he's just wildly intelligent i think right and, you know, he's kind of so, like a chess master like where he just he sees all the outcomes ahead of him right right so like it it just seemed to me though when i was watching it this time that dumbledore knew that things had to be a particular way for the outcomes to come out correctly and maybe he had the divination professor help him in that but i don't think it that like even that part of it is not expressed to its fullest intent for us to be at the end satisfied with that storyline i feel again like i mean the thing the thing with divination in the harry potter world is it's not the, the way it's presented especially through trelawney is there's no actual divination there are people who have spurts of ESP or whatever where they'll they'll have a premonition or that kind of stuff. But like they can't predict the future. So I think right. all of this all of these weird outcomes, like as you're saying, because they are very far fetched that he would plan it so well. But that's all it was, was just magnificent planning, I think, in the end. Was that he he just knew that this was the outcome that he had to get to and if he laid the pieces down right, that's the only way it could happen as long as Harry stayed true. Right. Being the um the rightful owner of the elder one for so long, maybe that has something to do with his ability to be such a good planner or something. I don't know. I mean, honestly, he fucked that up. To dip to dip behind a spoiler wall real fast, he the 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 plan was Snape to kill him. Right. It, the plan was Snape to be the the owner of the elder one. So when Malfoy stepped in and disarmed him, that threw the whole plan off the rails. Shit. Dumbledore, Dumbledore, literally, in my opinion, Dumbledore died thinking that it all was failed because because of that, because Draco is now the owner of the wand. But I don't think either of them figured Voldemort would kill Snape until near the very end, which is exactly what. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers there, I guess. But I mean, we are. I just dipped behind a wall, but like that—that th- that was the whole plan. Like I don't—he didn't plan right. Harry to become the owner at all. I honestly like. I don't even know to the extent how far into the uh, the Deathly Hallows he would have sent Harry in a plan because uh, that's that's I might as well just synopsize the second movie real fast because it's it's pretty much the same. Yeah, I like that. But real quick, is it in the first or the second movie that they explain what the Deathly Hallows are, or did we do that last? Uh, time? It's it's in the first, but like it's more important in the second. Um, they explain it in the first with with xenophilius love good i wanted to mention him because i love him yeah but the 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 synopsis for the second movie just because it ties in so well with the deathly hollows is that it's still the hunt for the horcruxes but now it's also a hunt a side hunt to figure out what the deathly uh, hollows are and whether or not they can be used or if they were intended to be used by dumbledore to end the battle and to make sure that voldemort doesn't get them too well, he doesn't even care about the Deathly Hallows. He only cares about the Elder One. He okay. d- I don't even think he gives a rat's ass about the, the cloak or the, the stone. Uh, you'd think he'd like the Resurrection Stone, especially since his Horcruxes are getting fucked. 
<laughs> yeah. But he knows he he would most likely know the history of the stone, which is you can't bring anybody back from the dead. Right. So like I don't think he's interested in the resurrection stone because he's already lived that life of a spirit. He's already been basically brought back to life without a body and he just doesn't you know, he doesn't want that again. He had to live off of unicorn blood, fuck that. He had to put the back in somebody's fucking head, like <laughs> Gross times. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine like being served pudding from the, in, in the back of your head? Because do you think they shared an esophagus, or does he? Did he need sustenance? I don't think he ate. I don't think he needed he sustenance. Eat. I don't think he ate. No, I he think. Well, just, I guess maybe the only. Well, he needed the unicorn he, blood. Yeah, did he drink the blood himself, or was Squirrel drinking the blood? Yeah, because the body, the body was normal. I don't think it was like turned backwards or anything for him to. You know, suck the blood out. Cause it's I like don't know. That would have been really cool. Though. Face down. Oh, it that would have been. been cool, I don't think they. Did. Yeah, I, I, if they, if when we redo it for the for the TV series, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna make sure you. that he that the actor is standing backwards and using the back of their head. Oh, that would be so gross. I like it. Yeah. Nobody can steal this from us. This is our plan. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, this. <laughs> I think. I think us. Per, uh, producing this just makes it immediately like copyright uh don't fact check me on that just let it be our copyright don't yeah that's right trademarked um i know it's not registered (laughs) trademark because you know that implies registration i guess (laughs) oral trademark (laughs) oral that's really just the synopsis of the second movie is it's just hunting the horcruxes finding them actually destroying them if possible and then a big huge awesome fucking battle that takes up the last hour of the movie and that's right i say big huge awesome but another big flaw with this movie we haven't we won't mention specifically who especially not outside of the spoiler wall but there's a lot of deaths in this it's a it's a finale of a franchise it's an action franchise so there's gonna be a lot of deaths going on and so there's a lot of people who die in these final two movies and nearly all of them die off screen (laughs) <laughs> yes in both of the movies yeah it's bullshit i i think that might have been a, a rating decision like uh if we keep on showing these people die they're gonna want to rate it r but then do it we need the heroes we need to yeah. see those moments man yeah there's i definitely no want to talk about that more behind the wall too because it's I mean, there's no there's no weight to the moment when you're just walking through a battlefield and you just glance to the left and you're like oh there's three main characters i recognize their faces they're dead and it's just like yeah. oh they, they died in the fight did they die heroically did they, like a building fall on them you know did right they just yeah what happened did they did they save people while they did it like yeah I'm sure there was heroic deaths for all of them, and we just don't get to see it. You know, there is one on-screen death. If you don't want a spoiler, just duck away for five seconds while they say the name. Hedwig the Owl dies on screen, and I think that's the I only know. one. <laughs> Other than the big, the the big finale, of course. But right, yeah, yeah, that was so. And right at the beginning of the this two-part movie. <laughs> and it's so even in the books, that moment pissed me off. Where it's just I literally just flip the page, and it's just like. <gasps> name of character who died no <laughs> i'm just like you fucking kidding me that's it that's all we get she didn't yeah, she didn't know sure. how to write deaths she's not she's not george r, r. martin like nobody does a good right. character i think like we him. talked about it enough because there's so many fucking characters that 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 died like that so yeah. I, I won't say the one that pissed me off because there are more that pissed me off just the same so you're I mean, right we, it, we can definitely talk like talk the big ones behind the spoiler wall because right there's some that are that as you said they piss me off so much that like I want to call the filmmaker out for being like why this is yeah. bullshit we were there why why didn't you just do it you know I mean let's just unless you can think of anything else specific let's just do it let's just dip behind the wall well and talk these I think I don't know if we ever did this before like for some reason in um if in the half-blood prince we did this but in i i know we talked about the elder wand and the resurrection stone but the third death we hallows is the cape of invisibility that Mm. harry has just so happened had the entire franchise exactly yeah (laughs) yeah the, the the movie does a really 
again, another piss poor job at explaining that. But the books do a great job at explaining it. Okay. I do like that little story moment, though. I like that that because the animation is really good for that moment right. uh, when they talk about it. And and I guess that was like it's like it's like a nursery rhyme that uh, wizards tell to their kids, but only a, a select few wizards really believe that they exist and are yeah. something to to be either protected or seek out. And, and um and to parallel those wizards that they're they're like the people today who believe in aliens like they are the conspiracy theorists that most of society looks upon as nutjobs. What do you mean that the aliens did help build the pyramids, Greg? What do you I didn't mean? say that. I didn't say anything <laughs> about the pyramids. I said about aliens existing, which I, as a human being, the Green Traveler from Gorsh, as a human being, I know it's not. You know, aliens, we don't exist. They don't exist. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) you are human. (laughs) I am too. Sometimes. And And you really have a face. I'm looking at it. I really have a face. It's even got, it's even got lips. And what's that thing between the eyes? A brow. It's got a brow. And, uh. Oh, a nose. Actually, I don't know what that is, but I have one. <laughs> um, and two of them. Yeah, actually. we're humans, and I even wear those. You know those um, those compressed lenses with the with the frames, and and right, right. Those they go around the dangly bits mag- on the side of the head. Yeah, they call the magnifying glasses. Magnifiers. Okay. I'll wear those because I need them. I need correction for <laughs> for my jelly balls. So, yeah, let's go behind a wall. Let's do it, man. <laughs> Hello, all you weirdos seeking to escape spoilers. Skip to 59.19. And let's talk immediately because we're already on that subject, the deaths. Uh mm-hmm. You let slip. I deleted it, but you let slip prior that uh, Mad Eye Moody was is the first yeah. to die. Yeah, fuck the fuck. Yeah, it's like we get there and it's like, yeah, they got Mad Eye. It's like we were all there. Just yeah, just show it. Just happened. show it. Well, I imagine he took down like three or four with him. Like, oh right, see yeah, him fight on his awesome so gigantic so... thick ass broom. Like right, ah. that he was like. I love also that he like waited for everybody else to take off. Like he was just standing there, like you know, like the the lady at the beginning of a race in uh, Fast and Furious, like with the flags, just like before the race that that's, that was Mad Eye Moody when all everybody else took off, and then he immediately catches up to them on that giant ass broom. <laughs> He's just like, "Boop, I'm right beside you." <laughs> yeah, I can imagine like he had. I mean, he was he was like a super secret cop wizard. I'd imagine that, like, he's got some kind of hot-rotted broom or something, you know? And then, like, we don't even see that fight. We only see Hagrid and Harry's involvement, which, in itself, in actuality, there's a lot of fun action there. It was a really mm-hmm. interesting yeah. moment where Harry had to figure out how to how the fuck to get out of this situation. And there's also a moment where Hagrid gets hit by, like, one stun spell and goes down. Right. Right, and it's, yeah. it's incredibly fucking stupid because we've seen this man take a bunch of sun spells already and he's fine like in the books he takes like 20 in one book like oh really <laughs> like, dude, dude's dude's a half giant one stunning spell is not gonna fucking take him down but i guess i guess that was a really powerful death eater because he really just pew and haggard's out, <laughs> out. Oh, so he's stupid. he he failed his con save that's what it was yeah yeah he, did. he really did he rolled a one <laughs> actually <laughs> rolled a one he would have fallen off the broom right but, yeah but we don't see that battle and it is so yeah. fucking annoying because we get back to the burrows and it's just like hey george lost an ear and yeah, for some reason i thought he died when i watched it the first time i thought he died but like when he was laying nope. on the couch there but there's a scene with him later in, at the wedding yeah fred's the one who died also dies off oh, camera that's <laughs> at it. the end in, in, in the battle of hogwarts he, in the in the eighth and it's just there's so much you could have shown us it's so annoying but like another another thing that pissed me off is when they get back to the burrows when Lima, remus lupin lands 
he's just like immediately pulls out his wand. He doesn't trust who Harry is. And he's like, tell me right, this right, memory right. that only Harry Potter would know. And it's like, all right, first off, we've already learned from the fifth and sixth movie. And this was part of the books too. So again, I'm just attacking J.K. Rowling's dissection of the world. But uh, we, we learned in like the fifth movie that Voldemort is a master of occlumency. He could look into anybody's fucking mind. He's really fucking right. good at that. Especially so, Harry's. Especially Harry's. So holding out your wand and forcing Harry to repeat a memory that only Harry Potter would know is really stupid when Voldemort has control of most right. of the fucking world because he probably already knows that memory. <laughs> right, or he could right, easily right. pull it forth if he was around. But but what really pisses me off is they didn't do that when they first met Harry at Privet Drive. Why did it matter after yeah. everything went horribly wrong? Shouldn't you have done it before everything went horribly wrong? Shouldn't you ask your security questions before the transaction and not after the transaction? Like, have so have security annoying. security questions beforehand and then different ones afterhand. Yeah. It, if it wasn't, you know, obvious that the, it was flawed to begin with because yeah. of what you said about Voldy. Voldy McDoldy. I mean, again, to be true, the, the questions he asks are very mundane. I highly doubt Voldemort would have pulled that specifically specific memory forth. But still, it's a question of how powerful and how knowledgeable is this man? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just so, it's so mundane. It's so weird. Speaking of Remus Lupin, though, I think that's the one that pisses me off the most, is Remus Lupin's death. Yeah, because he was, before even Sirius steps in, he's like a father figure to, right. to Harry. And him and Tonks, who we, I think, it might be either this movie or maybe the movie before, but we find out that Lupin and Tonks are a romantic couple. Yeah, which is really weird to me, because um, <laughs> she seems just so, so much younger than them. Right. Um, which, you know, shit happens, and they're they're working very closely together, saving the world. So, you know, people fall in love all the time, uh, different shapes and, and sizes. The, and in the book, she has a freaking kid. Like, she's pregnant oh, with his kid, and they have a child, and I don't... I can't remember, but I feel like the movie just completely wrote I do out. think they mentioned it, because I, I okay. think at the end of it, uh, they mentioned something about somebody taking in the kid, but I can't remember gotcha. who takes in the kid. I don't think they ever showed the kid. Maybe not. He, he's like the cool kid in the book, I remember. Uh, <laughs> all, all of Harry's kids look up to him or something like that. I don't remember it, actually. Again, I've only read the finale book, like, half as much as all the other ones, like, because it, it came out last. I haven't had the opportunity to read it as much because I don't read them out of order. Right, but, sure. Yeah, I hate it. I hate how Lupin and Tonks died because it's just... it's it, 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 That's the moment where Harry's scanning the battle scene and you, you see Fred Weasley, you see <laughs> Tonks and Lupin, and it's just like, Really? This is all we're going to give them. We're not going to see their death. Like, we're not going to make it no. more meaningful, more sad, more more heart-wrenching that this whole war is happening. Nope, fuck it. We're focused too much on the damn hunt for the Horcruxes. Yeah. And Ron but... being a genius, which surprises everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did he do that was that was uh, so great? can't recall he just he, he just kept coming up with like wise solutions to their problems like how do we defeat the horcruxes we've lost the sword we don't have the sword anymore and he's like but i know how to get into the chamber of secrets because i've learned parcel time from listening to harry talk so i can get in there and get a basculus fang which destroyed a horcrux back in the second movie and then hermione That's right. and harry are like fucking what ron that's genius man <laughs> good <laughs> he's job like, i pay attention <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm occasionally smart fuck you guys i though i don't i didn't think parcel tongue was something you could learn i mean it's just a language sure yeah when harry speaks it he's just speaking snake so as long as ron hangs out with him long enough and sees him open doors saying you know open and snake language after a while he might oh. be able to interpret those sounds in the seventh movie that scene with nagini as the old woman that was a really good scene so you know it's not overtly obvious like they've shown nagini in shows before but you just think oh it's another parcel tongue speaker and they start talking this way and then very slowly harry figures it's out figures it out and then they have that big fight 
with the snake and it's awesome and but like you just you don't expect it it's one of the biggest like one of the biggest surprises in in the movies really for me it was that was a good scene i just that just popped in my head but one thing i wanted to talk about because we were so focused on how many off-scene deaths there were and how those people didn't get those heroic moments i do really enjoy the heroic moments that we got to see like for example fucking neville longbottom being fucking awesome <laughs> like yeah. there's at least two or three i can't i can't remember if there's a third one but a scene on the bridge where that that was brilliant where he you know it it didn't end up affecting the battle too terribly much because there were so many people on voldemort's side but he did take out a, a big chunk at once by blowing up oh, that yeah. bridge it was a very brave thing he did and right. and then when the sword comes and he and he's fighting does i don't recall does he kill nagini he kills yeah he kills nagini because like there's that stupid slow motion scene where like ron and hermione are like running away from the snake and they're at the bottom of the stairs and the snake is right. like, slowly like flying at them through the air and it takes like 45 to seconds to a minute to like all of this happening and like i'm so fucking bored with it i'm like this <laughs> i really love that final fight the whole battle for hogwarts is super intense and awesome right but there's so many moments where it's just like they'll do something and i'm like fucking don't you don't need this <laughs> there's no weight to this situation like what are you doing and one of those situations is when the snake is flying at them because it's just like is the snake gonna do it is he gonna kill ron and hermione it's like, no he's not gonna fucking kill ron and hermione we know it's not and then here comes neville longbottom with a sword and i'm like all right fuck yeah that was pretty badass but yeah it'd be more badass yeah. if you would do it in real time and neville had to fucking do something and not just like come flying in like Ugh! yeah he he cut he cuts Silly. the head off right and yeah. um it's uh, the only thing it's missing is it falling through the portal and deaths and uh dark side smashing it i mean that's that's all it's missing <laughs> well it burst into ashes like uh, that's true yeah, snap it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they went marvel yeah. and not dc <laughs> that's okay yeah that makes Which, let's sense. be honest if, if harry potter was gonna go to either of the two i would imagine it would go to marvel it's very polished what? franchise okay that's i mean i i i mean dc's got that thing with with warner brothers so you know. uh, yeah but that's the only thing that matches with this and the dark tone I but see. it's it's a competent franchise it's <laughs> <laughs> it's very well polished and like they, they literally there are some movies where they literally took everything out of the book that didn't need to be like four or five uh, both of those movies even though five is very confusing they literally took everything that was like scientifically not needed to progress the story like, they <laughs> surgically removed it yeah and like th- th- there's a polish there there's like there is a mastery to it <laughs> like yeah i gotta it's i gotta true. applaud their ability even though it's shit yeah. i gotta applaud their ability <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like they did that and like you know when we talked about that fifth movie and oh my god i'm sorry that this episode ended up being another <laughs> review of order of the phoenix <laughs> But when we finish watching that movie, it's like, man, that they did that pretty well. And then you're like, what happened? So they they cut. I don't remember it. <laughs> they so they cut all this shit out. Like they get just the bare bones of it. And the problem is, is that all of a sudden, even though it has all the beats of a story, it has none of the 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 meat and potatoes of a story. You just don't know what yeah. the fuck happened. Right. I remember that Sirius Black drifted away into a cloud yeah that's about it (laughs) (laughs) this whole this whole franchise another disappointing death right at least we got to see that one yeah that's true but what is not a disappointing death and one one topic of the story that we 100 percent do need to focus on and talk about there's two actors there's there's two really good deaths uh one at the very end of the seventh and one about two-thirds of the way through the eighth uh so let's let's do the seventh finale first harry and the gang find themselves at malfoy manor through a long series of shit that we don't need to go into but they're saved from it by dobby dobby comes and he saves the gang he teleports them out he has some great 
uh great hilarious one-liner moments or like there's this there's a moment where everything seems like it's at everything's like come to a very bad conclusion for the good guys and then there's this like tiny little squeak and we all glance up and Dolby's on the chandelier unscrewing it really slowly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, he, he gets some gr- he gets some great moments and they're absolutely beautiful. Which that's kind of funny because like, you know, if he can levitate a snake, uh, a cake that is a snake. He can if he can levitate <laughs> a cake, why can't he just like fucking make the chandelier fall? I don't fucking understand right. why he had to be up there. Cuz of comedy Blake, it, it had to be uh, funny. You're right. You're right. He had to get the, he had to get the the moment of uh, the moment of surprise too or whatever it's called because uh, element yeah element thank you he had to get the <laughs> element of surprise the moment of surprise yeah he had to get the element of surprise because otherwise you know Hermione wouldn't have had the chance to roll out of the way but he yeah. sadly in the process of getting them out of there Bellatrix Lestrange throws a dagger and kills Dobby and it is the most heart wrenching thing. It's yeah. it's so sad, and Harry's reaction to it is so very like courageous, and it, it makes you fall in love with Harry. I mean, you don't really get to see his reaction to it until the eighth movie, but <laughs> oh wait, right. no, they do bury him in the seventh. Don't they, they do. He says we're gonna bury him. Okay, but they bury. And, him and then in the, in the eighth movie, in the eighth movie, he comes into the whatever house they're at with Ollivander and Golden. the Goblin. The Goblin's name's not Gringot. Grip I can't hook. remember. Grip hook, think. <laughs> Grick. I think it might be Grick, but whatever. Um. Anyhow, the go- the goblin's the one who asked, who says, "So you buried the elf?" And it seemed like he had some kind of respect for Harry for that. He was like, "You're a very yeah. unusual wizard, Mister Potter," and uh, yeah. he still fucks him later. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. But we get to get dragon riding because of it. So yeah, that's, that's true. cool. But that's that's J.K. Rowling's odd. Uh, i don't know weird little creature racism because it's just like all right. the goblins are greedy you know it's, it's yeah. just, she has that bit of weird weird race stereotyping throughout her whole world honestly here here recently i have become uh oh made of where that really any interpretation of goblins is rooted in anti-semitic shit so Yep. Not not just her, yeah. Just all the ancient fairy tale shit. Yeah, it, but I mean, she she has so many of those hatred. stereotypes. But, but but I mean, that's what she does with her her characters, her creations. Right. She stereotypes all of them like that. Like all house elves are okay with being slaves, except for Dobby. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. She does this yeah. with like all 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 giants are stupid, and you know it. it I don't it's know, very generalized. That. Yeah. 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 And. Yeah, the death of Dobby is super sad, and the reason the goblin is, you know, has that respect for Harry is because most most wizards would just use magic to bury, you know, just move the dirt, yeah. put it aside, put the body in, put the dirt back on. You know, it's, but he actually took the time to do it by yeah. hand, and it's or it's, or know, even even a step from away from that, they would just use magic to make the body disappear, like right. He he wanted <laughs> to honor Dobby, his friend, and it was a very yeah. very nice moment. Yeah, so that's how the first one ends, and it's super sad. Makes you walk out of the theaters thinking like that was good. I'm sad now. Let's get to the next one, and the next one, the next big and well well established death is the death of one of the greatest characters of all time, uh, uh, Severus Snape. Oh, it's so uh, sad. But at the it same hurts time. So much. It it hurts a lot. It really does. But he got hit by that snake like ten times. I don't remember how many. I wasn't actually counting. Like a shit ton. It, 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 oh man! Each time it thudded. Each time it thudded, I was like, "Oh and god!" There was, and there was more blood splattered on the on the window too. Each time, and yeah, and when you know, and then they go in once once Voldemort leaves. They go in, and I'm like, "How is he still alive?" I don't know. Fucking will of a badass. I guess. But also, why did Dumbledore leave him alive? That that's another issue uh, I have is Voldemort, you mean? Thank you. Yeah, Voldemort. The the only reason he did it was to become master of the Elder One because he thought right. Severus Snape was the master of the Elder One. And he didn't quite understand how it worked. He does. He knows how it works. It's just it, it wasn't working for him because he he learned that he wasn't the 
the true right. master of it. But he thinks that you have to kill the master of the wand for it to change allegiance. But really, you just have to disarm the person. But killing it would also do it. It's a sure. surefire way to make sure that the wand does switch its allegiance right. because there is that right. possibility that you can you can walk up and just take it from somebody's pocket and the wand's like fuck you man you're not you're not this you know, it, it won't follow your allegiance <laughs> crackety crack crack man fuck you but that's my problem is he thinks he, he, you know he knows he has to you know make the wand believe he is the new master and so he just slits this guy's neck and then has a snake kill him. Wouldn't that make the snake the master? Because the snake's the one that fucking killed it. <laughs> like, why, how does it make? How does, I don't. I don't understand how he thought it made him the master. And huh. since it's so important that he is the master, I don't understand why he didn't just avada cadaver his ass and ensure that yeah. he was dead. Well, I think maybe, maybe, uh, you know, Voldemort is just so filled by, fueled by hatred. That maybe he really did always carry a resentment for Snape, but saw him as a very, because of he was also a half-blood as he was, perhaps he just always saw him as a very useful tool and knew that he could uh, make him loyal to him. And at the end, because he could, he wanted to fuck with him and torture him because Voldy is a sick fuck. But yeah, it's 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 a very sad moment. And speaking of Wall, you learn that Snape had love for Lily Potter. She was probably one of his first friends as a child. They went to school together, and he like secretly had a crush on her. She was a good friend of his, even if they were he was in Slytherin and she was in Gryffindor. They were they were still friends, right? And she was one of the few things that kept him human, I guess. And it, she was the reason he came to Dumbledore's side. He was in Death Eater for a right. long time. He he followed Voldemort. He believed in Voldemort. But when he learned that Voldemort was going to try to kill the Potters, he came to Dumbledore and said, please, I will do anything if you can protect her. And you know he swore his allegiance to too good, to, to Lily Potter and to making sure her, her son is you know taken care of. So a lot of the people out there who talk about Snape being a hero, he is a hero. I do love him. At the same time, I do acknowledge that he is a complete utter shit of a human being who only acted as a good person because of love. Right. It it doesn't change the fact that he was still mean. It doesn't change the fact that he still harbored hate for Harry because he certainly did. He still saw James Potter and Harry all the time. But he still did his best to protect him. And, and you know, I think some of it, like you, like you said, he did show resentment towards Harry because of James, and he said, and you know, we learn so as much from what he says to Harry. But also, I think it was that he didn't want to get so close to Harry because he also reminded him of Lily. Yeah, like yeah, he, it was just too painful. And then also in that same moment you see as harry is watching his visions through that pool whatever the fuck it's called pensieve a pensieve he also sees the the memory where dumbledore says it has to be you severus you have to do it and and so you know for for the audience member the first time you're like oh fuck snape that's like the hardest fucking thing man you had to kill your friend and mentor it was it's, really it's rough stuff but it's good it's really fucking good it's the best part of the story and i think i said that last time that this is the this is this is the story for me really i wish that we had the story from snape's perspective but the reveal of this is so fucking good and i feel like yeah. in a tv show you can have both perspectives <laughs> And like you could play with the dramatic irony because since it's since that reveal is so cinematically known, I feel like having it, the audience already know in a TV show could work. And reminder, my my TV show universe is three shows, three different series. Right. And the second one is Voldemort's first war which we would see Sirius aging with James and all of them at school. That's part of the, the show's progress. So you could establish Snape's thoughts on Lily also through that second show. Right. So it's, you know, you, you build up to it when we get there, and it's so bittersweet right. and lovely. 
as you well, said, sure. it doesn't have to be a. I, it's obviously dramatic irony. It doesn't have to be a, a twist for the audience because we already fucking know it. <laughs> now I do want to point out that in the sixth movie, they have shown it's possible to alter your memories so that when you watch it, <laughs> that's just true. You, you know the the person's memory is exactly what he wants you to see. But now, this is taken directly from his tear. I feel like. Um, I know, I, f- I know. Yeah. I feel like Slughorn he, had some forethought and 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 yeah. into that. Yeah, you're definitely right. But I, I still just, I love the idea that there there is a possibility Snape had just tricked everybody. He, he knew he was about to die, and he's like, there is one chance I die a fucking hero, and I have been through too much shit not to die a fucking <laughs> hero. So I'm going the distance and hoping that this fucking kid believes me. I'm going to get a kid's middle name named after me. God damn it. What a silly ending. Uh, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe the memories. I'm, I just, I love that, that conspiracy theory that I think of. That it's just like, this is always possible. There's another conspiracy theory that really pisses me off too. And, and, and in the books, so there's that final battle between Harry and Voldemort, right? There's the big, right. the big, what we've been building to all this, all this time is this final confrontation. One must live while the other survives. I, I said that wrong, but whatever. One of them has to fucking die is the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah. In the books, everyone thinks Harry's dead when that battle, that final battle is going on. They don't know he's jumped out of Hagrid's arms and that he is still alive. Everyone thinks he's dead. They're all fighting to the finish. And it gets down to the Great Hall. Harry's running around in his invisibility cloak. And he's, like, protecting everybody. Like, literally just running around, like, casting the protection spell for everybody. And, like, saving a lot of lives. And then, uh, right right at this one moment where Voldemort's, like, about to kill Mrs. Weasley, I think. Because she just killed Bellatrix. Which happens in the movie, too. But right when Voldemort's about to kill her, Harry whips off the cloak. Saves her. And everybody's like, fucking Harry's alive. And it's just this huge, this huge moment where everybody's just like, we thought this was the final battle, but then like, here comes the savior. And we're like, oh, fuck. And then they have this, the huge exposition scene where Harry explains how he is the owner of the Elder Wand and Voldemort owns nothing and that he will lose the battle if Voldemort tries to fight. And Voldemort's like, fuck you, I'm gonna fight. And then they have the, the final yeah, they they point their wands at each other. They say their spells, and Harry walks out the victor. And it's a great moment. I love that battle in the books, even if it is very kind of childish at times. Wonderful. In the movies, Harry and Voldemort are just gonna fly around the castle and just do <laughs> some crazy random shit. And we're just gonna we're gonna prolong this for thirty fucking minutes, and then they're gonna end the whole thing in a fiery CGI laser beam wands connected again. Ooh, isn't this exciting? And then Voldemort gets hit by the spell and like bursts into ashes and flutters away, and nobody's around to know. Now I know the real world. There's conspiracy theories now that Voldemort's alive because nobody saw his fucking body. They huh. just have Harry's word that he fucking killed him, and he's gonna walk back in the hall into the Great Hall and be like, "I killed him." And everybody's gonna be like, "Yay, Harry!" And then somebody's gonna be like, "Wait, did you actually kill him? Because there ain't no body out there." Yeah. Where's his fucking body, Harry? He's like, well, I killed all the Horcruxes. Even me. Yeah, all the movies do- did is create a giant conspiracy theory that you know that, that 19 years later epilogue is filled with a buttload of people who think Voldemort's still alive. You know it. That's fair. That's fair. But you know, maybe that, well, I guess there's some baddies that are probably like, oh, he comes back. But man, it seemed like to me that most of the baddies, especially the the Malfoys, were like, oh god, why did we want this to happen again? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Yeah, why did we do this? Well, once his power Uh, started flowing away, then they were just like, let's jump ship real fast. This guy's not that powerful anymore. So, are you ready to take down the wall and do some closing statements? Hell yeah, my man. Let's do it. That was the wall. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, I'll go ahead. I give both of these movies three stars. That's fair. They are literally just one and the same to me. Like I, it, I finished the seventh one, and I was like, I have to watch the eighth one. It doesn't feel. It didn't feel like an ending. And in that regard, since this is a sequel, smash. Yeah. No, 
it didn't need to fucking happen. We, I, I like that it did. Yeah. I, I am very grateful that they did not remove and cut away as much as they possibly fucking could because obviously that makes for a bad movie. Go ahead, trim off about 30 minute, minutes out of each film. I think it's possible. I do think that it's probably possible. Yeah, and create one three and a half hour long or just three hour long movie. Just and people would have went out and saw it in swades. You know why? Yeah. Or is it spades? Is it spades or spades? Either spades. way. They would have went out to go see it because they went to see both of these fucking movies. So, yeah. um, for for the franchise, yeah, I think they thought they needed to do it because they wanted more money. They're like, what are we going to do once Harry Potter's over? Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> we can make seven of those. Yeah, jeez, come on. How many beasts do you think there are? We can <laughs> explore the whole world, the whole wizarding world. Television just doesn't make the same amount of money they do. Oh, by the way, they 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 have a young Grindelwald, and it's the same. Uh, it's the, it's the young guy from uh, Sweeney Todd. They they brought yet another Sweeney Todd actor into this fucking movie. <laughs> they have. Remember oh. young Grindelwald, the, the the kid who who robs from the the shop in the flashbacks or whatever that they show. Oh, for some reason I thought that was Dumbledore. See, it's not clear. That that I don't feel like that is clear <laughs> at all. They so say, they say Grindelwald though. Oh, maybe they, they, when, okay. Yeah, when Voldemort goes and kills Grindelwald in the in the store, they show the flashback then too. Okay, it 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 probably just went in one ear and out the other. Anyhow, uh, you got more to say closing closing statement allies, or should I go go for it? Uh, I think I think it they're very enjoyable, good action films. Yeah, I agree, uh, but. But I don't think it, it could have been be split one in the, yeah yeah it could have been one nice long movie, uh the the Battle of Hogwarts is awesome but all the fucking weight of this movie happens off screen and I just can't stand it yeah so I'll go ahead and start my closing statement by starting with uh redacting my closing statement for the Half Blood Prince because I said that I wanted to give it a face and a half but I didn't want to because it required the other films more. I fucking love that movie. I listened to our, <laughs> our uh, the edited version after you gave it to me. And I was like, "What the fuck was I talking about? That is a, a face yeah, and a half <laughs> movie. That is a good I fucking movie." I was confused movie. too. I was like, "Because it's my favorite one." It yeah, it really it's is. it's it it's so good. And and these ones are a good follow up. Like you know, uh, we talked about the director of of the last uh, four movies or five movies, whatever. From five four. on, yeah, five, four. six, seven, and four eight. Yeah. Uh, so, it, and how he really fucked up the fifth one. And then these last three ones are super good. They're pretty good fucking movies, really. Mm-hmm. But I would only give each of these movies a face. Um, and, but I think they do a really good job of giving both of them a beginning, middle, and end. And, and really good beats to feel like their own movie. But they really could have been one movie, like you said. I I one hundred percent agree with you. So yeah, that's that's my uh, my my statement. I remember when they made the decision that they're gonna split it into two films, and like I was talking to my friends, I was just like, obviously it's a fucking cash grab. This bullshit. Like, right, right. where are they gonna cut this film? And it's just like because there's no real good middle area to cut it. And they found one. They did. They did it. They did a good job. But it's just like, I feel, I if I remember correctly, the moment where they cut is like 500 pages in or whatever. Like, it's it's really close to like the two-thirds mark. And right, so it's yeah. like, when they did that, I was like, how are they going to extend all of that into be two, and out, two hours? Well, they did it. They made the fucking battle so fucking long. So that's so long. Sense. But, you know, it, I think it I think it worked. Um, it, it, it worked. It just fight. didn't need to happen. Yeah. Yeah it definitely they don't they definitely don't outshine those first couple of movies or the half-blood prince by any means but they're very good movies and a very strong ending to this franchise i agree it's a good good ending and uh as as we've already said favorite is half-blood prince i think for both of us oh yeah and obviously least favorite is order of the phoenix <laughs> <laughs> so yeah definitely the- goblet of fire is better than i remembered that's it yep 
I hope you enjoyed it. This is our first completed playlist, if we don't count the... Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's not technically completed. I don't think because I, I, someday we will come back and tack on the yeah. the Fantastic Beasts. I think. What if they cancel that third movie? If they cancel that third movie, then we'll just do it as a sequel slash. Yeah, and which yeah, which will be hilarious because they did yeah. not end the second movie. So <laughs> if when they do the third one, and again, I think they have five of them planned. Which what? like fucking why? Like she's got to make money now. She's all right. Richer than the I like. England, so she's got to figure out how to make more. I like Eddie Redmayne. You know, I like him more I than I him. used to. But like, we just don't need more Newt Scamander. We just don't. I'm yeah. sorry. I I love Eddie Redmayne. Also, I love Jude Law. I yeah. I used to like Johnny Depp, but he's kind of a joke <laughs> now. Yeah. Like it's the the whole franchise like i'm sure if i rewatch it i might find it more enjoyable than i did the first time but it's like they took everything i hate from harry potter the the movie franchise and just magnified it to every yeah. fucking extent possible she wrote the the screenplays right right uh, which i think is also part of why i can't stand them. <laughs> she needs to stick with child <sighs> literature yeah like, for sure Young, uh, I I don't know. I tried to read her Robert Galbraith novels, uh, which are her like adult mystery novels, and I just could not stand the main character, whose name is Cormorant Strike. He's a private eye named Cormorant Strike. Like, come the fuck on, <laughs> give him a more. Right. I mean, it, I, your I, fucking weird ass names mm-hmm. make sense in this world and in, in the wizarding world, but right. Well, they're funny in a in a children's series. Like yeah, it's yeah. kind of like you know it elicits laughter and you know youth. But I don't. Know, I, I've I tried definitely... to read. I, she also had a, she had another another novel called like the the casual vacancy that I got like maybe fifty pages in. And I was just like, it came out like right after Harry Potter, and I was like, ooh yay, J.K. Rowling has a, an adult book, and I'm an adult now. This is gonna be exciting. And I started reading, and I was like. This is trash. <laughs> put it down. I got like fifty pages in. I was like, "Fuck this!" Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Well, is that our show? That's our show. I'm the Green Traveler from Borscht, and I am the the faceless Leon. I promise, I do really have a face. Save travels, and I don't. <gasps> <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.